just got to the stage where I'm thinking it's just too stressful going away, I may as well just stay at home. It used to be simple and now it's just so complicated and somebody's just said to me they can sense my stress levels, at which point my stress levels, which weren't particularly there, are now skyrocketing. Welcome to episode 145 of Mr. Bird Pods. I mean, anyone that says to you, you look stressed when you're not feeling particularly stressed or you're looking tired when you're not feeling tired, you can guarantee, well, I, with me personally, I will then promptly feel stressed or question myself, am I stressed, am I tired? And then I'll get myself into a state. So I was quite calm actually, I was getting through my to-do list and I'm panicking. The day started all day, it's just been one of those weeks anyway, but the day started all topsy-turvy because I just, I didn't get up till 11 o'clock. I don't know what that was about, I couldn't get up, I just kept falling back asleep again. But I must have needed it anyway, so no yoga, no running, the weather's awful anyway. And, um, well actually no, it's, it's nice now, the sun's out and it's blowy, but it was pouring with rain this morning. Uh, so that that's thrown me all over the place. Uh, and I'm now trying to... Um, Oh, it's just everything's online now. It just drives me up the wall. Um, it used to be get your passport, get your tickets, get your money, and that was it. I'm having to register online with the hotel who sent me a email in German. Well, I thought it was just in German, but then I noticed hidden at the bottom there was a translation into English. Um, then you have to register online with that. Then they've got this app thing that you're supposed to be able to download to your phone and I haven't been able to get that to download to my phone. Then um, I've been doing the itinerary because we've got to, well we're still deciding, well I've decided, but apparently we are still deciding uh, whether to take the car to uh, Stansted. I can't face driving to Stansted tomorrow morning, I don't know how long it takes. I don't, I just, it's too stressful, I just want to get on the Stansted Express at Tottenham Hill and get there. Um, so that's got to be decisions got to be made. If we're going on the Stansted Express, then got to book that ticket. Got to book ahead for that. That's I mean the the prices just go up and up and up because of all these little things you keep paying. Just found out you can fast. We're going with Ryanair, so of course they just charge you for everything. You can fast track through Ryanair for eight pounds. I just said, well, if everyone's going to fast track through, then there's just going to be a massive queue through the fast track, which will then become the slow track. I don't understand that. I've heard from people that passports are now being stamped and they're being, in fact, I saw it on the government website. They've been, they apparently having to check your passport, check that you haven't been out of the country more than 90 days uh, and you need a visa and the stamping and apparently that's taking forever. So I plan to get to the station, to the airport, that's a good start. The airport, you can tell I'm stressed, can't you? I wasn't stressed before I started this, I'm really stressed now. Um, <laughs> two, two hours before, and then it says you've got to get. It says you've got to get to the Ryanair website. It says you've got to get to the airport at least an hour and a half before your flight, and then it says you've got to get through um, security before an hour and a half. So it just completely contradicts itself. So I said, "Well, I'm not getting now. We'll get there for two hours before the flight. That's fine." Um, what else? Then I've got to, so I've got to book Stansted Express. I've done. I've checked in with the hotel. We've online checked in with Ryanair, except uh, we don't. We can't work out how to share the booking 
the board, the, what do you call them, the boarding pass things. Uh, so that's all got now, now got complicated. I hate, you know, I'm late today, by the way. Um, I hate, that's a woodpecker. I hate um, doing anything on my phone regarding emails. I just, I hate Google. I haven't got Google on my laptop. I've got this thing called um, Thunderbird, which puts all your emails uh, properly in order and, and accessible and readable, unlike Google Mail, which just confuses me completely because they just, everything's just all over the place with the Google Mail, I hate it, Gmail. And I hate working off it on my phone. So um, what else have I got to do? So I've got emails flying around that I'm trying to file away, so I've got them to hand. I need um, I to get a, I don't think I need to, but I've got a COVID, uh, vaccination certificate uh, which for one of us not me fortunately turned out to be Rob Lava getting I don't think I need that um, so that's all done uh, and then I think that's it there's probably other things to do it's just that everything's online now and I just I don't know how anybody manages anymore well what I mean by that is I can't manage so therefore I don't know how anybody else manages I'm just saying we went off yesterday because we decided to have a day out because the weather was so lovely. And then, of course, completely forgetting I'd planned yesterday to do all the planning uh, for the holiday so I could take it easy today and feel more relaxed. So that's all gone out the window, especially as it didn't get up until 11 o'clock this morning. But we had a very nice day out yesterday. We went to Ingerston Manor, which is in Essex, um, which I thought I'd heard of, but uh, it seems to be quite... It's a little... Um, not very well-known place. Considering it was Easter Sunday, there's hardly anybody there. It's uh, a 15th, 16th. Anyway, it's a Tudor Manor. Uh, not much changed. Grade 1 listed. And the same family have lived there for 15 generations. And still live there. The Peter family. P-E-T-R-E. -E. Uh, that's the teacher coming out, isn't he? And um, they were a Catholic family, so there's some... Uh, couple of priest holes uh, and it's quite a modest little place but really sweet um it was only eight pounds fifty to get in i mean on we got in for free because it was this historic houses association place but usually when you go to the national trust places they're only about 20 quid now um and they had really lovely guides who uh knew what they were talking about and didn't push themselves on i do find they're a very self-important national trust guy or they can be uh and they just start talking to you when you don't want them to talk to you. And then there was a lovely, um, I couldn't take any photographs inside, unfortunately, because it's a lived in home, which is fair enough. Um, but uh, there was a lovely exhibition of ceramics by this uh, man who was there with his wife. I think he was, we worked out he was about 80. He's in his early 80s. Um, his stuff was beautiful, but, um, and I think he could, probably could have been quite famous. But A, he said he's never pushed himself. He's always been hopeless at um, PRing himself, want of a better expression. And uh, he said there have been people interested in the past who could have, were probably wanting to, to take him on. Um, but he was sort of too modest to let them. And um, he said he's also, because he, I, th I didn't quite understand it, but I think rather than using his ceramics, rather than using clay on a wheel, he makes moulds and then pours the porcelain into the mould, I think. Um, 
So they were quite unusual. They were very solid and curvy, uh, quite difficult to describe. Some of them were quite funny. There was these sort of lumpy things that he'd call turds. He'd actually call that. What's the name? <laughs> he was very funny. His wife was there as well. I think she was, I think she said she was 89 um, and she'd been a nurse. They were such a lovely couple. Um, and I didn't like all of the stuff, but I just found it really interesting. And it was so nice to hear the artist talking about, because um, he kept saying, oh, I didn't like that. that that's ugly. I didn't like that. Or oh, I made a load of those and threw them away because I didn't like them. He was so self-deprecating. Really lovely man. He was walking around on um, crutches. He's, he's had one hip replaced and he said his other one needs replacing, but he thinks it might be something more serious than that. Um no, it was lovely. It was really nice. And I, I now can't remember his name. Uh, so I'm going to pause, actually, because I want to say his name uh, while I look it up. Yes, so he's called Colin Saunders. Um, S-A-U-N-D-R-S. Uh, and he did say that they've put on the website that he worked in the Crafts Council, where actually it means he exhibited in the Crafts Council and he's still got stuff there. Um I think they made some mistakes uh, in the write-up on the Ingerstone. It's called Ingerstone Hall. I am um, spelling afternoon, isn't it? I n g a t e s t o n e in Gate Stone. Oh, in Gate Stone. Well, I don't know if that's just a coincidence. Um, so it's lovely, and I can recommend it to anybody uh, who just wants a really quiet afternoon in a very nice place. It's very modest. It's got, only got eight rooms open and uh, a modest but rather lovely garden, which I think will be really nice when the um, uh, leaves come out. Uh, it's quite small, but no, it was a really nice day, actually. I really enjoyed it. Nicer than going to somewhere that was just swarming with people. So that was yesterday, and then the rest of the week's just been all over the place. Monday, we had a show stop because somebody, well, I heard they'd had a, one of, a member of the audience had heard a stroke, had had a stroke, whether they had or not, I don't know, but they'd been taken ill. Uh, they'd sort of come round and had to be whisked off uh, in an ambulance uh, with no memory of uh, going unconscious. Uh, so the poor uh, performers had to, the um, one of the stage managers had just had to walk on stage and stop. So I'm not laughing, it's just awful. Had to just stop the show. Because uh, when there's a technical fault uh, and you're on stage, it's obvious why the show's being stopped. But if it's something going on in the audience that you're not aware of, um, you're just told you've got to stop. Tuesday, we had a show stop because somebody uh, was taken ill, apparently in the same seat as the person on Monday. I don't know if that's true or not. I think it could be an urban myth. Anyway, but they really were taken ill. I don't know what was wrong with them. I think they fainted or passed out or something. Um, so yeah, so it happened all over again. Astonishing. Then Wednesday, I can't remember the order of things, but one thing that happened on Wednesday was, uh, we've got a cloth, like an old fashioned front cloth that comes in, uh, and a bolt came loose and came crashing down onto the stage. Fortunately, no one was hurt. Uh, there was no one on the stage at the time. Uh, and then I think it was at the end of, yeah, it was the beginning of the interval. And then part of the set is a kitchen and there's a back door with a blind on it, which is like half pulled down. The blind fell off 
uh, in the middle of the performance. Uh, so one of the actors deftly uh, removed it uh, in a rather witty way. Uh, so that was quite amusing. Uh, it didn't have crash down though. And then on Thursday, um, there was some cooking involved in the play and one of the actors ended up uh, knocking the frying pan with uh, cooking in it onto the floor, uh, which absolutely panicked me, but everyone was fine. We've got a fireman on standby, proper professional fireman on standby, and uh, all was all right. And unfortunately, what was being cooked is constantly referred to after that point in the script. So it just made absolute nonsense. Um, the audience, of course, absolutely loved it. Audiences always love it when things go wrong. While we're all dying of heart attacks backstage, they're all having a great time. And then um, what happened on... So then Friday uh, was a bit of an emotional day for one of the actors. And then I managed to... Uh, I don't know why I did that. I don't know if it was the board or me. I think it was me. Double click. Now, there's not a lot of cues in the show. Um, most of them, the majority of them, are very subtle and over quite long periods, uh, except for the ones at the end of the first uh, two, two scenes and the final scene, uh, when obviously things get dark. And of course, I managed to chuck it into a, one of those states. Uh, so instead of the stage being bathed in glorious light, everything started going dark. Um, I was just terrible. Was, well, fortunately, I worked out quickly what had happened. Um, um, I was quite calm. Uh, I didn't do the quickest thing, but I did something that was quick enough to get us back on track. So um, that was fine. I was quite happy about that. Uh, and then, amazingly, on Saturday, nothing went wrong. Mm. I tell a lie. Thursday, Saturday, uh, we had to, well, I say we, front of house, had to eject three members of the audience who were being a bit rowdy. Apparently they were screaming. Uh, they'd left halfway through the scene and were screaming at each other in the toilets. Uh, and they were asked to leave the premises. Uh, you may have heard there's been quite a lot on the radio, uh, probably on the TV as well, about badly behaved audiences uh, after the bodyguard at Manchester, was it Manchester Opera House, uh, had to be stopped completely before the end of the show because of rowdy uh, audience behaviour that turned into fights. Um, I've got a lot to say about all of this, uh, a lot of which evolves around the fact people are drunk. Uh, you know, you can just go in drunk, you can buy loads more alcohol while you're in there at the beginning of the show and in the interval. Uh, and if you're out for a good time and you don't care about anything else and you're pissed, well, obviously it's going to happen. So that's uh, that's me going all tight-lipped, purse-lipped over that one. But that's what's happening. So that was quite a week, actually, because I was in a week because my co-worker was uh, away. In fact, I must check there back and all right. Uh, so I'm very tired because I had to work for a week, which is a bit of a shock to the system. Um, I'm just looking at my diary. I don't think I did anything else because I've been so busy. So, um, yes, so where we are is we're going to Bamberg tomorrow. Uh, we may or may not be getting a taxi, who knows, to Tottenham Hale, or we may be driving to Stansted and leaving the car there for a week, which I don't want to do. I got a very nice Easter egg yesterday, um, as ethical as you could get. It only contains, it's made by indigenous, sugar's grown by indigenous tribes, 
in an, in an indigenous tribe and it only contains unrefined cane sugar and uh, cocoa, well, not cocoa powder, what do you call it? Anyway, the raw material of chocolate, two ingredients. Um, so I'm very excited about that actually. <laughs> but I can't actually eat it until we get back. And then um, somebody else got a uh, very classy, uh, he's called the French Picasso of chocolate, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, egg in the shape of a running hair. Uh, I also bought, uh, I thought it was the new Bryanton May novel. Uh, I don't know whether I've mentioned Bryanton May, Christopher Fowler's uh, novels about the two oldest detectives uh, in London, which are very bizarre and quirky and eccentric. Uh, and I won't go into them now, but uh, for anyone interested, I you know who you are. There is a new book out, but it's not strictly one of their, it's basically, it's Bryant and May's Guide to London. So although it's written in their voice and it's very funny, um, it's about all the peculiar areas of London that the books revolve around because the books are very, very London-based and usually, uh, well, I think always um, are based around some quirky uh, area or piece of history uh, about London. Um, Bryant and May, the first one's called Full Dark House. I thoroughly recommend it, but they're not to everybody's taste. Uh, so we're going to use that for some possible walks around London. Uh, so that was useful. I finished my two Duran Matt books, uh, the two Inspector Barlack books, which I can highly recommend. The Hangman and His Jury, I think may or may not be the name of the first one. And Suspicion, uh, the name of the second one. Uh, I've got two more of his to read. They're very short. I've got two more of his to read but they're not Inspector Barlach ones. They're very European, I think I've said before. They're um, not, they're, they're as uncozy as you can imagine. They're uh, quite philosophical, existential, um, very entertaining and very sinister and atmospheric. The second one's deeply creepy, but um, they are written in the 50s in the shadow of the war and very much deal with uh, the fact that the Nazis may have been stopped, but they didn't all just disappear into thin air. Uh, and they're, they're as relevant. They, they are politically, philosophically important, and they're rip-roaringly good reads as well. Um, they're a really good combination of things. And uh, they're as relevant today as uh, they were when they were written, to be honest. Um, I think it is so easy to forget how, you know, the horrors of uh, the Holocaust didn't just disappear um, and the people who perpetrated those horrors uh, stayed around but disappeared off, took different guises, went to different countries but uh, they didn't all get to, what was the car coming on the road? first one, they didn't all uh, just disappear. So um, very interesting and thought-provoking, can recommend those very much. Uh, I'm reading uh, the moth storytelling thing, which I still haven't finished to talk about another time. Uh, I'm just deciding what book to take on holiday with me, although I might, I don't know, I don't know how much reading I'm going to get done. I'm going to take my laptop with me, and I've gone on the days when I went on holiday without a laptop, but I want to keep my well sharp, uh, which I've got to do every day. And um, actually, do I need to take, I could do it on my phone actually. It's just useful for looking at stuff, isn't it? For where we are, 
because the city's got a really lovely um, website uh, with all the information we need about visiting and what, what to do. It's really great. It's a fantastic website. So I think I'll take it with me. Um, and we've paid to have one bag under the seat and one bag in the hold. You just pay for everything, pay for insurance, which you ignored, pay for your fast track security. You pay for this, you pay for that, you pay for the other. I'm sure we're paying for food when we get on it. And the tickets aren't even that cheap. Uh, I've not gone Rhino before, so you'll be hearing all about that when I get back, I'm sure. I'm just looking at my heart's fern and it's, it's even the healthy big leaf is, is waning now. It's just a disaster. The sad thing about it is I've got green leaves, new green leaves coming up, but they all die. So it's obviously struggling. Oh, I don't know what to do with it. I'm not going to throw it away. My Hippiastrum amaryllis is just magnificent. I've got f two stalks. I've got f one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Four, five, no, four, one, two, three, four. I've got five, five flowers on one. Uh, and I've got another one, two, three. I've got another, there's another five going to come out soon on the other stalk. So, um, which we're not going to see because we won't be here. So I might give that to the neighbours see if they want to look at it. Um, yes. And everything else just needs watering. Um, I'm, I'm a bit... Am I, I am excited about going away, but I haven't flown for like donkey's year, literally donkey's years, because uh, we've been going to France by train for years, and then COVID hit, and we didn't go at all, and then we went to Wales. So um, it's all going to be very exciting, and you may or may not hear about it when I get back. I think it's highly unlikely that you won't hear about it. Uh, television, if anyone saw Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler on Netflix and enjoyed it, which we did, it can be said that Murder Mystery 2 is uh, similarly very entertaining uh, and funny and exciting, uh, if anyone wants a bit of a, uh, a brainless film. And um, we're watching Magpie Murders, which is not the book I thought I'd read, uh, still enjoying that. And um, I think we've got loads and loads of stuff that we've started watching and haven't finished. Uh, I have a horrible feeling that's the case. I've been, the potholes in the road are now absolutely appalling and they are verging on being called sinkholes as far as I'm concerned. Because uh, when it rains, they fill up with water and cars go through them and spatter all the cars that are parked on the road with dirty water. And as my neighbour pointed out, probably stones will fly around as well. Uh, and the car's covered in blossom. Uh, and I think we're going to have to clean that before we go. Yet another thing to do. I'm turning into my mother now. I've got this endless list of things to do. So on that note of uh, joy and happiness and uh, high anxiety, I will bid you farewell until uh, a week, two weeks today, when I shall be back in the chair. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>